0: Hello, and welcome to another exciting episode of Movie Remake Time, a Filmmaker's Compass podcast, where we're gonna be watching all your favorite sequels, remakes, and reboots, and asking the simple question, who did it better? So, here we go. I am CP, he is D-Man. D-Man, why don't you kick us off and talk about the movies that we are gonna be comparing this week.
1: Well, I'm excited for this week's episode because we're actually really getting into the, you know, our first kind of direct, direct comparison. So this is actually a remake um, and a franchise reboot. And we're going to be taking a look at 1999s and 2017s The Mummy. So this is a universal film. Um, I know you kind of have uh, the information on who was starring and directing on everything. They, uh, they did a really good job in the first one of kicking off a brand new franchise. With 2017, they tried to do the same with a brand new cinematic universe. And let's just say it didn't pan out. So <laughs> we're definitely going to have to dive into that and talk a little bit more extensively about what happened there and why one worked and one didn't. You know, tell us a little bit, tell us a little bit about the movies.
0: Okay, well, so the 1999 Mummy was directed by Steven Summers and it's actually a reboot in itself of the original mummy horror film from the thirties. It's an idea to kind of go back to the basics of what made Universal great, uh, tap into those horror franchises that they own and read.
1: Is that all like Dracula, the thing? Yeah, yeah,
0: uh, Frankenstein, all that stuff. And okay, like, cool. Let's make one of these, but make a modern approach, something for the nineties. And so that's what gave us the mummy with Brandon Fraser. Rachel Weisz, John Hannah—obviously, they became huge stars after this. Yeah, and went on to spawn, I believe, four films, at least three, and then uh, the Scorpion King as well.
1: And I don't know why I thought, you know, Emotep the villain—I thought he was Billy Zane, but he's not.
0: <laughs> Definitely not.
1: <laughs> so now, sorry, Hanna,
0: Arnold Vosloo. To-
1: Sorry to Arnold Voslo, My apologies. <laughs> um, apparently, though, I did Google it, and that is a very highly searched Google term. So,
0: yeah, so there. You, you go. weren't the only one thinking Billy's name. Nope, funny. it wasn't just me. The facts of the film was made for about eighty million dollars and won gross over four hundred million. So, this was definitely a huge success at the time for Universal. Definitely. When we look at the newer one, uh, obviously it has the, you know, directed by Alex Kurtzman 2017 has the biggest movie star in the world, arguably with Tom Cruise helming the film. It made, it was made for somewhere around $150 million and again, made just over 400 million in the box office. So similar, similar. And I think that that's kind of
1: where the surprise comes from. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting too, because I was actually really excited. I guess they were going to kick off with the 2017 one, something called the dark universe. And like you said, that was to pull in a lot of uh, the characters and, you know, IP that Universal kind of has some exclusive access to, and they were going to build this universe around it. And this was supposed to be the first, you know, quote unquote, first film in this, this universe, and it was kicking it all off. But in the end uh, audiences kind of rejected that film and it didn't do so hot in terms of, uh, I guess, after the marketing budget, who knows what Tom Cruise got paid, you know, (laughs) probably a lot, I guess. Okay. So if we take a look at both movies and we look at them for, from their cultural relevance, which one do you think was more relevant? Well, I mean,
0: definitely the first one, it spawned a franchise, but more than that, it kind of did something different. And I think what's so cool about The Mummy film is it really stands the test of the time. The visuals still hold up for the most part pretty well, despite the fact that it's 22 years old. Yeah, But more importantly, it was this weird genre piece. You watch it and you're like, is it horror? Is it comedy? Is it an adventure? And you don't really know, but it flows between each of those genres so well that it's a movie that you can't help but enjoy.
1: It definitely has those Indiana Jones, like Raiders of the Lost Ark vibes. It's even using a very similar color Mm -hmm. palette. Mm -hmm. Um, Where I actually found the new one, the 2017 one, it varies throughout in the color palette it's choosing to use. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. it's often, you know, cloaked in these blues, like different colors that don't necessarily give off that Raiders of the Lost Ark vibe, where the other one was like going over the top, so confident with that kind of like, you know, Egypt, Cairo, yeah. uh, desert vibe that that's, re- I mean, that's what I remember. So there's like an iconography to that, that still holds up. And even, you know, you look to things like, you know, the mummy ride at, at Universal and it draws heavily, you know, on direct inspiration from that first movie. Yeah, exactly.
0: And again, with the first film, it, it you see it and it has that summer blockbuster quality. It's a popcorn movie. And Definitely. because of that, it's so rewatchable. And, you know, I mean, I assume many of the listeners like myself have watched it, you know, dozens of times over the years because it's a fun movie and it's a great escape. Whereas... The other one, I don't really know that it knows what it is. There's parts of it where it feels like a action movie, parts of it where it feels like a horror movie, parts of it where it's really searching for an identity, and it doesn't have the rewatchable qualities, which I think are forces it to fall flat, you know, culturally.
1: Yeah, I also thought the characters, and this may be uh, just a result of of the writing, but they they felt flat to me. They they didn't feel like they necessarily knew their roles. At best, maybe they were trying to imitate roles from the, the one in the 90s.
0: They, they, they totally are, right? I mean, you have the, the, the character who is there for simply comedic benefit. You have the female Egyptologist. You have the soldier of fortune, right? Each of these main characters is nearly identical between the two films. It's just the first one, there's a lot more heart and they're more likable and they're more rounded characters than the second one where they're kind of just blah
1: yeah, they feel uh, uh, just a little flat, a little vanilla, and they're not very memorable. And I think that really hurt the the remake. Because when you're doing these big budget action, you know, summer movie flicks, I think, you know, we even talked, we hinted at it with like Fast and the Furious, like at the end of the day, you want people to walk out of those, appreciating the characters and wanting to spend time with them. Mm -hmm. And this is kind of a an example where if the characters don't work I mean it's not necessarily that the action wasn't good or that you know it's not doing things in kind of the mummy way that we you know anticipated when we went in it's it's just a little to me it was a little bit more like I didn't really want to hang out with these people all that much mm-hmm. no, and absolutely. you know Tom Cruise again he's great at being Tom Cruise he was just kind of Tom Cruise in the month. So it, it didn't really do it for me in that regard. And I, I didn't see a lot in it that came out and really affected our culture. Um, the only thing being our nod to the dark universe, which I was excited about and I thought was really cool. And that was the only thing culturally that really stood out. Otherwise the movie was somewhat forgettable. I would guess I'm just throwing it out there and I don't mean it as like, you know, uh, slight to anybody that worked on the production but i would bet you money that there's a lot of people out there that didn't even know this movie came out i mean maybe i would think you're probably right like they i mean i would say that it went so under the radar and i don't know if you blame the marketing department or what happened there but i'd bet there's a lot of people that didn't even know this movie was in the theaters Mm -hmm. and that's a problem because if we're talking about cultural relevance i mean at the end of the day you know, there's a lot of bad movies that make a lot of money. And I'm not implying that this is one of those, but I'm saying, though, that we can get people to go to the theaters to watch movies that people deem not very good, and they make a lot of money. So I don't know what happened there, but in terms of cultural relevance, I just didn't feel it at all.
0: No, I think think you're right. And I think, I mean, maybe this is where we need to start unpacking the story a little bit more. But probably part of it is the fact that I remember when I was a kid and the 1999 Mummy came out. I did not see it like first week. I think I saw it like a month in, but I remember everyone at school was like, oh, my gosh, I saw this movie. It was awesome. It's so much fun. And I guarantee you, I went to see this 2017 Mummy opening day and I didn't tell anybody that they should go see it because it was so much fun.
1: Yeah, you know, and then there's things in in the 1999 one that I remember as a kid, like for instance, I don't know why this sticks with me, but Emotep, that name is fun to say, you know, in the new one, I think it's like set or like, ah, uh, uh, something. I can't even remember what it is off the top of my head. And like, we left the theater and it was like Emotep, you know, like, you're like, uh, oh, it's nice. I'm Yeah. Like, that's hard to say. I don't know. like. To me that like there's and then there's little scenes that stand out like the first scene where that guy um one of the scarabs like goes under his skin Mm. and it like crawls up into his head and he's running around like he's yeah like gone insane you know yeah those things like stick with you and I yeah I just found that you know the second one even though like again they kind of have like the spider bite and like somebody turning into like you know a zombie or like they're possessed or you know whatever It, it it doesn't work the same it's not as memorable i don't know
0: i think it for in my mind when i'm looking at it i see two major differences the first one is the story uh it's very clear cut in the original mummy like they read from the book they unrelease this curse the only way to stop the curse is to open the other book yeah right uh, we know that Emotet is trying to, you know, once he restores himself to his full power, he's going to resurrect, you know, Anoxia Mul. We <laughs> don't have anything like that in this one. It's, it's all convoluted. There's moments where we're trying to be sympathetic to the villain, the mummy herself. We end up introducing this Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde character who kind of reroutes things. And we end up finding out that this whole organization that's fighting monsters may be corrupt themselves. Like there's just so much to unpack, unpack for a viewer. I don't, I mean, I remember watching the movie. Uh, I was literally like, I, I'm not even sure what's going on and why we're here right now.
1: Yeah. And, and that definitely is a problem. Do you think it was a a case of maybe they had their, their eye on, on the next, they were looking at the bigger universe and maybe they, they weren't as focused on like, man, how do we make this one so awesome?
0: I I think it was so set on building this greater dark universe that they were laying all this foundation that they forgot the story. And it's kind of a shame because obviously now the dark universe is dead, which is really a bummer because I thought
1: it was a cool idea. Yeah, so did I. I was really excited for it. You know, uh, something a little bit different than just the uh, typical kind of like comic book fair. You know, obviously there's iconic characters within that universe so i thought that would have been fun and i was looking forward to it it was just you know kind of a shame that the relevance here wasn't there um, to get everybody super excited for it and you know you kind of need your uh need your iron man right you need the that great movie that everybody loves on its own with this iconic character that you can't help but want to spend more time with and i think that's just those are the two ingredients that we're missing even though iron man sets up a future universe and does all this stuff. I mean, at the end of the day, like Tony Stark is a character that's iconic. We love to be around him. You know, you could almost put Tony Stark in any movie and it's going to bring people out to go see it. And they needed that. And they just didn't, they didn't have that character.
0: And I think they didn't have it from a hero and a villain standpoint. I think it's incredibly apparent when you compare Arnold Voslo's mummy to Sofia Botella's It's just the mummy in the, in the 99 one, you know, he has this power where as he's coming back, like we see him keep regenerating and we know with, you know, we have that check mark of he keeps getting stronger and stronger and he can turn himself to sand. And, and they talk about how he has the ability to resurrect the plagues of Egypt. Right. Yeah. We, we kind of have a sense of like the scope of his powers, whereas her mummy is, I'm not really sure what she could do. She seemed to resurrect the dead, but It wasn't really clear. She'd do almost whatever she wanted in every scene. And there just wasn't that set of rules that you need to define a great villain.
1: Yeah, and they also do a good job in the the 99 one of kind of laying out, okay, like he has these kind of like godly powers. So how do we defeat that, right? If we can't fire guns at it, this Mm -hmm. and that, they're like, well, we need to make him mortal. And like you said, so they lay out clearly what the mission is, which is they need to read from the other book in order to bring back his mortality so he can be defeated again. Yeah. The, in the new one, it's just I, like, I'm not even, even now, I'm not even hundred percent sure exactly what they were trying to do. Yeah. I,
0: and, and then the problem of the hero. I mean, if we take Brandon Fraser's character versus Tom Cruise's character, there's a likable quality to Brandon Fraser. He's kind of a treasure hunter, but he has a heart. He has rules. He wants to stop this evil, he cares about people, whereas Tom Cruise's character is kind of an asshole. They try to set it up where he talks about how he never lies, but he he's not also really out there for the good of everybody. He certainly doesn't have the chemistry and the attachment to Jennifer's character in the same way that Brandon Frazier's does to Evelyn, Rachel Weiss's character. Right. It's just, right. it's also forced and ungenuine, I guess, ingenuine, I guess.
1: Yeah, and there's a natural chemistry between Brendan Fraser and Rachel Weisz. You know, they have that, uh, that ability to, they, you know, on screen, they'll look at each other, and you can't help but just sense it, you know? Yeah. And I guess that's why they have actors screen tests and do all that yeah. stuff, because you yeah. look for that. And they had it. So even though, you know, the characters, as far as much being written about their attraction, it really just came down to, like, an initial kiss has them both thinking about it the rest of the movie. And that's, mm-hmm. you know, it's not a whole lot more than that. They have that chemistry. And so to that end, it kind of works, right? I don't know, yeah. I think that's something too, you know, the characters had chemistry mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it worked. This one, yeah, again, it just it just felt a little flat. So let's, let's take a look now at the effects because effects have advanced a lot since oh, yeah. 1999 by 2017. I'll go ahead and kick it off. I mean, the effects are dated. As to whether or not it ruins the movie, I would say it does not. They're definitely dated. I mean, you're seeing things in there where I was like, ooh, you can... I mean, there were some clips where I was like, this looks kind of like a video game. Yeah. And some of the, you know, the wind, some of the stuff, some of it looked really good. Like, I thought when, like, the mummies came out of the ground, I'm not sure if that was digital or what they were doing there, but I thought... digital,
0: yeah.
1: Yeah, Yeah, I thought it looked really good. But some of it didn't, you know, especially at the beginning. And that kind of hurt it a little bit, I think, in my opinion, because looking at it now, you know, right away, I was aware of how dated it was in terms of effects. So even though, like I said, I don't think it is is to the detriment of being able to watch it. It's not so laughable. Like, I always remember there was a scene in, like, one of the first James Bond movies. Sean Connery's holding, like, a a harpoon gun, and he's going to shoot it over a wall and use that rope to, like, climb up the wall. And he like, he pulls a trigger and then like some guy throws a rope from behind him, you know, in the shot. And I was like, that is so laughable that like, I can't, you know, (laughs) I can't get past that. I was like, and it's memorable to the degree that I would talk about it today. And I don't even remember the last time I saw that movie, probably when I was in like high school. So I didn't think there was anything so detrimental that I was like, Ooh, this is terrible. But even, you know, later when Emotep is like losing his immortality I mean, this, like, blue ghost comes out of nowhere and, like, steals yeah. his, you know, soul or whatever it is and takes it away. I was like, ah, I don't know. I'm, I don't know. What, I mean, what were your thoughts?
0: Well, obviously, the Money 2017 has amazing visual effects. You know, everything is so crisp and clear, and, and it's it's amazing. We can't fault it in any way. The 99 one, I'm kind of torn because some of it, looks so dated but some of it actually looks really good. I always think about the scene where the mummy's halfway regenerated and the uh-huh. skin crawls out of his uh out of his chest into his cheek and, and I still it. watch that and I'm like that looks pretty freaking good for you know 22 years old. Uh and if you get a chance, you know for you and for the audience, there's actually a fantastic if you find the DVD which I'm weird and have the DVDs for everything there's a great section on the effects of the 99 mummy and really how they were thinking out of the box to create some of this stuff. It was, it's really, it's worth the watch,
1: but yeah, Yeah, it's dated. Something else too. Yeah. I think that, you know, early on they go to, they're in Cairo, there's like a shot of some pyramids. And I was like, I don't know. I like watching it. I was like this, I can't even tell. I like, this makes me think that it's not a real shot
0: the shot where they go by and you see the Sphinx and the pyramid and all that stuff, like the opening shot to the film.
1: No, I think it's like a shot where they're on like a balcony and the pyramids are supposed to be like in the background. And I was like, I don't know, man, that just doesn't even.
0: That first sequence is done with models. Um, Oh,
1: okay. But well, at least, you you know, at least, you know, but (laughs) But,
0: yeah, it's, it it definitely isn't the same. It's not like some of the movies where the visuals really hold up. Great.
1: Um, It's, you know well it's like tonight. another perfect example i don't even remember if this is like a 1998 1999 but is like the the 90s version of like godzilla if you watch that like it has 90s effects i mean there's no denying that like the godzilla we're getting of today right and the irony is like godzilla is kind of a bad example because godzilla has always been known for having cheesy effects yeah so it's not like everybody's expectations were super high, but like in the 99 version, the American version, they went like super CG and you could tell. I mean, I've seen it on TV again and I'm like, yeah. I mean, especially when you're comparing it to another contemporary of its time, Jurassic Park. I mean, it's not even
0: close. Absolutely.
1: So another thing I wanted to kind of bring up was the score. So talk a little bit about, do you think either one reached you know, a recognizable level of music or do you think both of them were kind of forgettable
0: i would i mean neither of these films is that like you know some of the movies we watched recently like terminator or raiders or jaws right it's nothing like that Uh, i will give the nod should it have been though i don't i don't
1: think so i don't know i I think maybe it should have been you think like yeah like i mean i i liked Mm -hmm. It, you know, the 99 one has this undercurrent of kind of a... Like it's a, like the Emotet theme, kind of? Yeah, like this... I don't minus. know what is. Yeah, and this kind of like Egyptian, you know, kind of music. And I like that. It works really well for the film, but I was surprised they didn't have a theme song. That's a good point. I didn't think about it. I was like watching it again. I was like trying to think. I was like, you know, because even things like that stand out to me, I remember the music. It's like Independence Day like a big summer blockbuster, but Independence Day has recognizable themes in it. You know, they have that love theme, they have the main theme. And to that end, I was just a little surprised that they they didn't have kind of a a main one. You know, so for the 2017 one, was I surprised? No, Uh, it kind of fell right in line with everything else they were doing. But I was like, dang it, you know, you guys should have, like, if you're gonna go all in, like get somebody to write an amazing score can really elevate a movie.
0: No, you're, you're, yeah, you're right. And I mean, I guess it's not surprising that the new one didn't think about it at
1: all. Well, and you know, I, like the perfect example is like literally like the Avengers assembling is borderline built around the score. Yeah, true. You, you know, it's, the, it's this crescendo, but now it's iconic. Like, I, I don't know if you've ever seen those YouTube videos or whatever, where people just put the Avengers score to people doing mundane things yeah and now they're like awesome things and i was like oh i'm just you know i'm surprised that yeah it didn't it they didn't neither one was able to achieve that level because you know even going back through the last few segments we've done like you said jaws raiders terminator all all of them have recognizable themes and you know we thought very highly of all of them
0: i guess my question to you then is this Is there anything you think that the 2017 Mummy does better than the 99 one?
1: I do think the effects are better. Yes. So, you know, good nod to the special effects team. Now, granted, you know, that's at this point just doing your jobs because digital effects have advanced to such a degree. I thought they did that really well. But yeah, even just little things like, like I said, I thought the color palette was off. Um, The grading felt funny to me where I really appreciated that kind of like yellow, goldish hue Mm -hmm. across the other film. It felt unified. And when I think of The Mummy, that's, I think of that.
0: Did you think it was weird that the 2017 one was a movie about this Egyptian mummy, yet very, you know, very small portion of the film actually takes place in that part of the world? Yeah, because the other parts
1: in like London.
0: Underground London, Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, I think that matters too because there's an association association there with like, um, you know, the pyramids, the iconography of you know Egyptian culture and pharaohs and you know all yeah, of that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. The Nile. You know, even the other one, they take a ride on the Nile. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: You know, because why not? Yeah. Did that scene have to happen on the Nile? Probably not, but you know, yeah, they're fun scene. Yeah. Yeah, but they're using the you know kind of local iconography of that region Mm -hmm. and building it into the film and I think it works so yeah I would say I think that was detrimental as well and I was a little surprised too that the 2017 one if this really was the story I was a little surprised that they didn't do a few more kind of like nods or bring in some elements that everyone associated with the 99 one
0: I only know of the one, maybe you can correct me. I know that when they go into Dr. Jekyll's office, it does have the black Egyptian book of the dead from. Oh, I didn't even know. Yeah. It's the only that was the only nod I caught. Did you see anything?
1: No, I really didn't. And you know, not to say that they're not there, but I didn't catch them. So that's to the degree that they were in your face. Like not that you want to provide fan service, but I'm saying, I'm just surprised they didn't draw on more elements that people really liked from-
0: I would've thought that, I mean, I guess looking back, I'm like, I feel like they missed a huge opportunity here. You could've directly tied this in as another sequel to the Mummy franchise, right?
1: Yeah, like build off of it.
0: I mean, why not make, you know, this directly be someone else in Emotet's circle, you know?
1: Yeah another priest or something or
0: yeah, whatever. Yeah, just for the sake of of having this added lore to the film that you can reference and play into. Instead, it's exactly. exactly like a female version of Emotet, but she's not, it doesn't have, I don't know. It just, it lacks the imagination of the first, I guess.
1: Yeah, something like that. And then, you know, I, I do have to, you know, while we're talking about effects, I do have to give a little, you know, note about some of the cinematography in the 2017 one. There were some shots that to me, they felt almost like they were going like too artistic. I don't know how to describe it. It felt like they were trying to do some things. They had uh, a couple blurred shots. They're doing some stuff, but I was like, mm, you know, I don't think, I don't think what you guys are trying to do here is going to be doomed. No, I, you I know, noticed the <laughs> I was same like, thing. I, I feel like you're going for it, but you're not going all in. And so it, it actually stands out it makes me think about it rather than bring me into the world.
0: I think that's something the 99 one did great. And the two movies I will compare it to is something along the lines of um, the original star Wars trilogy or mm-hmm. the Indiana Jones film. The cinematography is nothing flashy, but what they do is they build these great worlds on the screen and we watch the characters run around in them. And I think in some ways the 2017 ones like, over emphasis on on getting this this creative cinematography is almost a detrimental I think to the adventure movie that you're trying to watch
1: yeah I I have to agree I mean obviously you know I also agree with with Star Wars you know you guys all know I love Star Wars but you know George Lucas was doing you know somewhat basic cinematography but painting depth on the screen and we could sense it we could see it it felt like an expansive world And I feel like, you know, in some of the new ones, instead of building the depth in the frame, they are assuming that the the movement will provide that same effect. And it it doesn't, not in the same way. And it's funny because, yeah, like Star Wars is a perfect example of like, if you're just talking about iconography, you can literally like pause moments and they're like painting, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think if we're talking about, these two mummy movies, even though like what I'm getting at is there are some really, really artistic shots in the 2017 one. I think they're great shots. They just didn't fit the overall aesthetic of, I think what they were trying to go for was like this, you know, popcorn action movie. They stood out to me. They, they didn't, they didn't fit. They didn't add depth. I think It, it took me out and that was weird too, because I wasn't expecting that. You know, after watching, because I I watched the 99 one first. I just, you know, kind of wasn't thinking that was where it was going to go. But, (laughs) you know, kudos to trying it, I guess. Overall, I just, like I said, I think the story for the 99 one leans heavily into big budget action adventure popcorn flick with a few thrills. In that regard, they keep their story and their characters simple, but, you know, kind of archetypical we understand who they are and the roles that they're playing and they get out of their own way and just say like, let's have fun. Mm -hmm. And I felt like the new one was trying to maybe complicate too too much. The story was trying to lay the groundwork for the future universe. The characters just didn't have quite that energy that makes us want to hang out with them. And at the end of the day, I think that's what really separates the two films you know, my verdict then is that the 1999 one is the winner here. And if you're going to watch one of the, one of the mummy movies, I mean, let's face it. The 99 one spawned sequels and the 2017 one ended a universe. So. Uh, no, I,
0: and I'm, I mean, I'm not going to rehash it because I'm actually totally in agreement. The 99 one is the superior movie. Um, it stands up really well for, for the age that it, it still is. One of the things I'll point to is, and I haven't, you know, done exclusive reading about the 2017 one, because really I have no desire to. But the 99 one, Stephen Summers talks about how he really loved the mummy character and how he was a little kid. He saw the original mummy and how it scared him. Hmm. So He was really invested in trying to make something new and fun. And you can really see as a director, his heart is on the screen. Um, despite the fact that, you know, there's some great stories about Brandon Fraser, Everybody thought this movie was going to be a disaster. Apparently it was a nightmare shooting in the desert with snakes and sand. But, uh, fair enough. you know, there's a lot of people who really love what they were doing. You know, actors who love their characters and a director that loves the story. And that comes through in, in a way that, you know, it has this heart that the 2017 one doesn't. It feels... Like in many ways, it's it's a cut up juxtaposition of so many other movies that you've seen a million times that nothing really stands out in a memorable way.
1: Yeah, it's almost funny because the ninety nine one feels a little bit to me like Pirates of the Caribbean before Pirates of the Caribbean, and it's ironic that they both have theme park rides. But you know, one spawned a theme park ride, the other one's based on one. But yeah, I I think that's got to be that's got to be the verdict on this one. Is unfortunately, you know, as much as I wanted to give the 2017 one a shot. And I did give it a shot because I had never seen it. You'd never seen it. Yeah. I had never seen it going into this podcast. So I was actually, you know, excited, hopeful that, you know, I would come out of it with, uh, you know, maybe being really surprised because let's face it. I've heard about that movie and my expectations were pretty low. So unfortunately I have to give my, uh, my nod to the 99 one. Fair enough i hope that 99 one i hope we're making podcasts long enough that we can do a total rewind episode and that's going to take a while but i mean i would love to do a total rewind because if you heard my thoughts outright like if it's if it's a head-to-head with the 2017 mummy then you know where i stand but if we're talking about it from a total rewind standpoint i would love to have that conversation too discussion yeah Um, but in like 10 years
0: (laughs) Well, hey, listen, if you're listening to the show, we'd love to know your thoughts. And is if you're the one person out there that actually thinks the 2017 mummy is, is better than the 99 one, hit me up. I'd love to know your reasoning on
1: that. Yeah, me too. So be sure to keep the conversations going. Leave us comments and be sure to engage with us on social media at Film Comp Podcast. You can find us on all the major social media channels, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, as well as YouTube. And then you can always Google the show Filmmakers Compass Podcast on Google. And you'll find our website, which has all of the links to wherever you can listen to the show.
0: And check out next week's episode. We're going to be listening. Well, we're going to be comparing one of my favorite movies of all time, 1987 RoboCop, to the reboot, the 2014 RoboCop. You know you want to check that out.
1: I'm excited for that as well. We got to talk about
0: RoboCop.
1: No, I know. And you know what's funny is I remember watching the new one. I think we were at our our buddy's apartment. And we'll we'll get to it next
0: On that note, thanks for hanging out with us. We'd love to know your thoughts and we will see you next week.